0: Hello everyone and welcome to back to the 98 podcast. I am your host Kieran and this is going to be an interesting episode. If you haven't seen the title we're going to be talking about K-pop particularly why you should give it a chance if you haven't already and why it's so appealing to the international market. Today I'm joined by one of my very special K-pop loving friends Talia. And I think we both got into K pop about four years ago. And when I say we got into K pop, I mean we started doing dance covers to it. That's how invested we got. If you want to catch any of those videos, check us out at YouTube or Instagram at 98Dance to see all that stuff. And if you want to stay caught up on the podcast episodes, follow us at 98Podcast. Without further ado, welcome to Leah.
1: Hi. Hi. Thank you, Kieran. Thank you for bringing me on on this. Like, I know we both love k-pop so much uh we actually did get around into it around the same time because i remember you recommended got seven to me (laughs) no but first it was blackpink and then got seven yeah such a long time ago
0: (laughs) i know it was like oh my gosh three four years ago but yeah thanks for being here so before we begin i just want to put out a disclaimer like usual everything we're saying or sharing here today is based off of our experiences and opinions so we're just trying to keep it real. So to all those K-pop stands that might be out there listening and disagree with what we're saying, please be respectful and don't cancel us. Anyways, so let's start. Talia, I just want to put this question out there. What is K-pop and how did it begin? Uh,
1: <laughs> K-pop has such a broad uh, definition, but technically it does stand for Korean pop, same way as like J-pop, Japanese mm-hmm. pop. Um, but usually when people think of K-pop, the first thing that might come into mind is Gangnam Style by Psy because I don't think you remember like 2012 or 2013 when it was released. Like, yep, yep. It was literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what really brought like K-pop over if it wasn't already like in the States because I know like there were previous mm-hmm. groups before it came out that were very popular. But this is what really like boomed it. Like, yeah, it's got, like the highest number of hits on YouTube at one point and like at the Mm -hmm. time. And it was for like a lot of years. So yeah, when you think of K-pop, you think of like flashy dance moves, a lot of like nice outfits or like colorful outfits. Psy does have like that comedic taste to him, which kind of made it more like, whoa, what is this music video? It's so crazy. Is this K-pop? Kind of. Yeah, Yeah, it kind of is.
0: I feel like he did definitely set that standard if K-pop wasn't already like that. Or perceived like that internationally, at least in the US. And I think, yeah, I think around that time, like it was 2012, it definitely, like K-pop music especially, started becoming more mainstream here. Um, And then, of course, it like took off with BTS and everything and Blackpink. But yeah, and it like originally began in 1989, as Google says, um, by (laughs) Lee Sin Man, the SM um, CEO. And... Yeah, and the groups, I think, started beginning more towards like the end of the 90s to the beginning of the 90s, and then, you know, the rest is history. You can Google that stuff later, but we want to kind of get into more of a, like, why it's so appealing to international fans. And another thing that you guys might want to check out if you're listening is there's a Netflix series called Explained, and they actually go into detail about K-pop. So if you're looking for more info on Netflix there's your link um but yeah Talia why do you think it's k-pop is just so appealing to international fans
1: I mean for me in general the first thing that I caught on to was like oh every group is not the same like they kind of have like this general style or like this theme like I know like newer wise dreamcatcher their theme is more of like oh it were more horror more gore like a little bit more scary uh but I think, more well-known is like exo they have like this whole Mm -hmm. alien planet thing that they're supposed to be based on but also they're supposed to be well-known because they they were supposed to tie in like the korean people and chinese people via one group uh i think one of my favorites Mm -hmm. though is red velvet it's literally in the name uh they have like this thing of every song that they come out it's either gonna be red which is poppy catchy or velvet, which is more smooth and like R and B. Oh, uh, other than that, I really think mm-hmm. like fan service is what really makes it. Uh, they have so many meet and greets. They they try to stay communicated with their fans via like V Live, which is a specific app for Korean right. uh, artists. Uh, there's also Instagram. They post a lot of like videos, photos, a lot of teasers. Uh, another one, which is only pretty much specific to like k-pop weavers and i think one of the things i like most besides like oh everything has a theme or like it's all a certain style is the merch Mm -hmm. uh the light sticks oh my god i think i have an obsession with them i start collecting them because they're all so pretty and like they really define the groups yes they're expensive but I don't know. That's just what really sets them apart for me. Yeah.
0: And like, just to kind of say what light sticks are, they're like fancy flashlights (laughs) that people bring to concerts and like rock out to. And like, I think, I don't know. Do they have those in like Western markets? Like do like groups here actually even have light sticks or is that a
1: thing, a Korean thing? Or do you know? I actually don't know if like American artists or Canadian Do but I know Japanese people have their own light sticks. They they're not called like, you know the the actual like light sticks with like a figure or anything. I know it's just like a basic like little glow stick sometimes, and like the colors vary or like, maybe even the size and shape. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it goes to the extent of the K-pop light sticks where they all have like a different little handle or like a like a little figure, like different Mm -hmm. designs on it. Like I
0: don't have a light stick because I just I don't want to spend money on it <laughs> that sounds really mean no, but like it. it's like it could range from like 50 to like 60 dollars and i'm not ready to invest that much money but what i found really cool because i didn't know this before is like during like if you go to a k-pop concert like when we went to the got seven one or like the 17 one you could download yeah. the app that like coordinates your colors with everyone else. So like it'll blink during a certain time of a song or like it'll go to a certain color, which is just like crazy because it's such a investment. Like it's not just what I think like at least in rock bands, right? People pull out their lighters or people pull out their phone flashlights and just start waving it around. But they took this to a whole nother level and it's just so crazy and cool to see and experience if you haven't ever gone to a K-pop concert, you should try to. It's just so cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, it actually really is. And I forget if it was either the GOT7 one or the 17 one, but I know I was supposed to take a picture of my actual, like, ticket, mm-hmm. my concert ticket, so the... App would know where I was sitting because I know there was just like some parts where, like, you know, where it flashes, yeah, it would flash on a different color at a different time depending on where you were sitting in the actual venue. And I thought that was just like so cool. It's cool, but it's kind of creepy too. They know where you are (laughs) (laughs) at least that day, though, (laughs) just that day, yeah. Um,
0: yeah, and anything else that you think can be like as an appealing factor?
1: I feel like this is more to do with like Western stuff because I. I think K-pop was more of like making your own type of brand with like, you know, the stuff that I was talking about, the Light Six posters, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But they do have a lot of collaborations, Mm -hmm. not like with music, but actually within like makeup or clothing. Like, you know, the way Rihanna has Fenty Beauty. I know G-idol did a collaboration with Kaja and they have their own like little uh, makeup stuff. And I know BTS also did a collaboration with, some type of makeup company. I don't remember which one off the top of my head, but Mm -hmm. I know for sure they have some there too. Uh, A few years ago, I know Tiffany and H&M did a collaboration. I bought one of her sweatshirts. (laughs) It was so cute. I actually didn't know it was hers. I just liked it. And then I found out she made it. So I was like, I love it even more. (laughs) Yeah, and then I think, yeah, because I think the –
0: I mean, artists here too in like the Western part of the globe – They have collaborations, too. But I don't think it's to the extent of what K-pop people do. Like, it's always happening. And, I mean, it depends on the group and, like, how big they are, too. It's really cool to see because then if, you know, you're already using a product and then they're in a collab with an artist that you like, you feel more connected to them, too. And you're like, oh, my gosh, that's the same lip gloss I use. Like, oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, but I think, like, Western-wise, the, mo- the things that are most known for is the perfumes. Right. <laughs> like, the perfumes or like, lotions. Mm-hmm. So getting to the extent of, like, makeup or even, like, branding, like, different types of clothing or styles, I right. feel like they did the extra mile. And that's what makes it so interesting because you don't really see even big-name artists do that kind yeah. of stuff.
0: Totally. And I think for me when it comes to like why it's appealing I think there's different things that they focus on that make them like really great. Like I know here too we, you know, music is music no matter where you go but there they like hone in on all the different factors that make music what it is and entertainment what it is. So like they separate things by dances, by like visual elements, by vocals, by rap. It's so crazy and like all the like if you're in a group right like they have titles and specific things that each member is in charge of so you know like there's always like a group leader who's in charge of leading the group obviously um there's like a main dancer like the person in charge of like who's their specialty in dance main vocals main rapper lead rappers lead vocals etc every member of the group has a position and they feel special right because of it Versus here, I think it's just, like, you know, there's there's it's the same thing here, too, but because it's not titled the same way, I think sometimes there's, like, a loss in value of a person or a member in a group. It could either be them feeling that way themselves, but I don't know. I'm just bringing up, like, Fifth Harmony as an example. I think everyone focused in so much on Camila Caveo, and she had so many lines that, like, you could consider her the main vocal, I guess, of the group, but then the other girls, it's like there were specific titles given to all of them. I feel like they would have felt more valued too, or group, like, I don't know, like fans would have valued each of the members in a specific way. And I think that's what a, a good thing that K-pop does is like, they give titles to specific members. And so everyone kind of can treat them all equally still or hope for that, you know? So that's something that's really cool. No, definitely. Another thing that I think is like appealing is, uh, concept of, like, how they consume the content, like, how they push it out there, so that could be on, like, their own music shows, like, every week, whenever a song comes out, um, they do different TikTok dance challenges, especially right now, um, the different variety shows and radio shows they're on, like, all of this together is what really helps it kind of bring, the attention to the international audience because here too i've noticed like the only time i've really been paying attention is like with doja cat songs and like how she was on you know like conan or she was on like last week tonight or something like that and there's only certain variety shows here in america that like promote the artist and even when it's that it's just like they're on for a song or for like a little bit but in korea they like had whole episodes dedicated to having an, Idol on their show and they do content based around it so i think that's like a huge appeal like groups and companies themselves do different like episodes like television type episodes for their groups like i was telling talia about this but like 17 one of my favorite groups by the way they were doing like they called this youtube series going 17 and they do random stuff And, like, they just recently did, like, a Halloween Haunted House (laughs) episode, and it was so funny. And it's just, like, stuff like that where it's, like, constant content being pushed out there to keep people aware of who they are, but also keep the audience and, like, the community going. So I think, like, that's a huge aspect of it. And, like, one other thing that I just want to bring up, too, is, like, the culture behind Korean music is really appealing to me. They're so kind and respectful of each other. Here, there's always tea and, like, random fan wars going on like it happens there too but like more I don't know you know what I mean like the idols are so friendly with each other yeah
1: they are who
0: knows if it's actually real or there it's just they're faking it but like the fact that you know they bow or like there's so much skinship and like touchy-feely stuff it's so cute and like I don't know it makes you feel very happy or something like that you know what I mean versus here like everyone's always no it like, does like, people here always like fighting over like oh Cardi B versus Nicki Minaj whereas their groups yeah the fans do rank people or compare people but like the artists themselves are on good terms which is very humbling and like very I don't know like it makes you feel good about being a part of it so I think that I like the less tension side of the music on that end of the world. <laughs> so that's why I like it.
1: No, definitely.
0: <laughs> but, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I know, like, we have a, a term here, the diss track, where, like, they make songs specifically mm-hmm. to diss another artist or another person. And, like, over there, it's not really... Like, I don't even yeah. know what they think about it. But I don't know. Personally, I'm like, oh, okay, so... You could have just done this face to face. You could have been making more content for your fans versus doing it for yourself yeah. or like to out someone I, else. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of negativity yeah. in that western that's exactly, kind of like music industry. Mm-hmm, that's
0: exactly what I was thinking. There's more negativity here than there is there. But again, like there's other things that are here that are there that we'll get into some other day. But I think Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think yeah, I'm someone who rather feel more positive with the music space than to feel like you know like there's always wars or fighting going on and I forgot what I was gonna say but also like lyric wise I don't know we kind of talked about this privately it's like some of the songs here are just like hmm and then (laughs) over there it's like meaningful shit but like I think one thing that people are always like trying to talk k-pop down to is like oh it's so corporate and like the idols don't actually write their music they don't compose it mm-hmm. you know it's just corporated like man made like not man made company made stuff but the thing is that's just music in general like that happens here too i think artists do have more freedom here to write what they want to write but i think there if companies are writing songs about mental health and like loving yourself i don't mind that like i don't care if the idols writing it or they're writing it but if the song is appealing and helping people i don't see the problem in that and so i rather hear about that than people talk about their like boobs and like butts and (laughs) whatever i don't know you know what i mean like there's just like random music here that i'm just kind of like i don't want to be involved in so i'm gonna go over there to asia (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I know, cause I think like the best part about being an international fan is sometimes you don't know what they're singing about. It's a mm-hmm. it's like a pro and a con, cause it, for me when I was first listening to it, I was literally listening it, listening to it because of the music, because of the actual soundtrack, not because of mm-hmm. the lyrics. Like yeah, the lyrics would be catchy in the way that like any like little like beep boop up up kind of like lyric <laughs> would be catchy. But I mostly really liked it cause. Yeah, the music, it's not Mm -hmm. all the same, like not every K-pop artist or like even group, not even the same companies have that same vibe. Like I know, I think we talked about it too privately, how some K-pop companies have a different vibe to them. Like we know YG, they got that more hardcore bad boy, bad girl type of aesthetic right. versus like JYP where they're more bubbly colorful oh, yeah. and oh god yeah and then there's SM yeah. they're more serious and but not in the way that YG is it's just so weird but it, it makes it work I feel like that's something right. that makes everything click together because not every group is the same not every company is the same not every idol is the same mm-hmm. But taking it to like Western standards, everything kind of looks the same because of stereotypes right. that are brought in from over there. Right.
0: Yeah. And I think that kind of segues into the next topic pretty well. And it's why is K-pop addictive for some people? And then oh, kind of like, why is it growing too? <laughs> and I think, I think when I Googled this question, <laughs> I Googled things. It was, there was like a lot of information that was really interesting that I never really considered before, but it was saying how um, there was this article that said that the way that the songs are marketed and promoted plays a huge factor in how successful they are. So I don't know, like it's different. Like, of course, all songs are marketed here and there, but I think the extent to what they're doing there and how they're engaging with their fans and when they're posting certain things or. They have, like, fandom colors, fandom names. I mean, we have fandom names here, but I don't think we have fandom colors. Like, we're we're not that, like, into doing that kind of stuff, right? And, like, Talia mentioned merchandise or logos or light sticks and stuff like that. Like, that's all promotional marketing materials, and it communicates to the fans that we care, and we're investing in this, right? Of course, the companies are trying to make money, too, Mm -hmm. obviously, but the amount of things that they're putting out there to get the fans involved as much as possible is what shows that they care more and makes it more of a like constant thing of connecting with the groups, the artists and etc. So, you know, like whenever there's like a new shirt design that's really cool or something, like I'll buy it. Like, right? It's so nice. But I feel like artists (laughs) here, like if there was a Selena Gomez thing going on, right? Like it'll just say her name or, like, the soundtrack. But, like, there they put in so much thought into every comeback or every song that they're putting out there. There's always some sort of, like, new design. Like, Seventeen always has, like, a new version of their triangle thing. I know. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, I didn't it's think about so it that It's so cool. Yeah, so it's like they're always involving their fans nonstop. Like, even if they're not putting out any music, you will always see them still trying to engage with them on the different platforms and, like, all that other stuff. And I think... That's what mm-hmm. makes it addicting is like like fans like that kind of attention, you know, <laughs> they do. And they do. <laughs> we like that attention. Yes. Um, And then another thing, like I mentioned, is like whenever they do have comebacks like, OK, BuzzFeed says this is all on BuzzFeed. They said that there's almost 400 groups slash artists that are in the K-pop genre. But I don't think all of those groups and you know artists are active. So we're going to just say anywhere from 400 and below. But imagining that number and like most groups tend to have like two to three comebacks songs coming out every year Not even including mini albums or albums with more soundtracks But just considering all of that, that's so much content being pushed out from this k-pop genre versus like You know other I don't know other genres that are here. And again, this is our opinion, you know I haven't researched it enough to be like oh This but like there's so much content always being pushed out. That's music videos not even going into like all the other stuff that they have but there's always they're always trying to come back and like appeal to their fans and be like hey remember us and then bop drops a music video or whatever right so i think that's really like a great thing and always is addicting is that they're always putting out music so you're just trying to like listen to the newest thing and yeah like i think that's kind of from my point of view why it's addicting but what do you think talia
1: I basically think the same thing. And you know how you talked about how there's three or maybe four different aspects in K-pop, the whole visual, dance, vocal, rap. Uh I think that also plays a part into it because the people that do have specializations in either or or all of them, they do dance covers if they're dancers or they do vocal covers if they're vocals, Uh et cetera, et cetera. But also, like, I know a lot of groups do this where they have their regular music video, right? And then they put Mm -hmm. a dance video, the dance practice video. And then they put a music video, but of just the dance where they're still in, like, their whole outfits and stuff, like a performance video. Like, they have so many things to put out. And I feel like that's what really keeps me engaged. Like, back when I listened to Jonas Brothers or whatever, like, they had their TV show, right? That's what I really liked about them because they always had something going on. And then nowadays it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. so Ariana Grande put a song, like, I want to say mm-hmm. half a year, not even half a year ago, but she put something out a long time ago. And did she
0: put something out recently? And
1: no one knows when she's going to put... Did she? I don't know. See, that's what I mean. See, like, I don't follow no her. Oh. oh, I
0: see, I see. Yeah. I think... And no, then, yeah. Kind of going
1: off of
0: that, too. I um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep going, Tilia.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that kind of stuff is what I really like just having a lot of content to go back to if I'm kind of missing that group like I know with 17 when I'm missing some of the stuff that they do I go back to their one fine day videos just so I can like laugh at them being a little stupid or doing a lot of weird dumb things yeah. or even I think yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm
0: no, I was going to say, that's the great thing about it. They they don't mind being or acting stupid, you know? Like, here, people are always so serious and like, oh, you can't say that about me. I'm a cool dude, right? Yeah. And over there, they're like, yeah, I'm a goofy potato. And, like, it's so, it's so relatable. Like, we can't always all look and feel 100% like what artists here usually show. But mm-hmm. there, it's just, like, it's so casual and, like, they're just, like, all dorks in their own way.
1: And so, that's what catches yeah. your eye because, yeah, <laughs> but also one thing I really, really love is, I think I touched on this earlier, that one group can have a different type of song. It can be a little bit more reggae or it could be more of like a Hispanic type of beat or like background music or instrumentals. And that's what I really like about it because I may not like one type of twice song, but there's another twice song that I really love or... There's this one really good Red Velvet song, Mm -hmm. but I'm not really digging the other Red Velvet song. Like, they just have different variations of songs, too, which is why it's so Mm -hmm. weird when you talk about K-pop, because when people think of K-pop, you usually think, like, oh, bubbly, very upbeat. But no, there's some very slow songs. There's some very, like, melodic songs, some very, like, suave songs. It just all depends on, like, the group again, the company again. But sometimes even then, they can surprise you a bit. Like, I think... 17 when they came out with their uh fear song for that one like award show and there it was the first time they did something like dark and they were wearing like all like leather and stuff and mind you they came from being like these little like good boy type of uh group and then immediately just switched mm-hmm. like that and i think we were talking to like when are they gonna do like a darker concept and then all of a sudden yeah, it hit us with that totally and I just remembered what I was
0: thinking of prior to this. But um, I also like the way that they format their releases. Like they'll do, I don't know, they'll do like image drops, right, of what the comeback's going to be like so they'll be like oh it's coming right like a date and then they'll do photo concepts of each of the members or if, yeah. it, like, if it's a solo artist the solo artist photos and then they time it so that the pictures come out like a week or two before and then um, the music video drop then lyric videos usually drop then dance practice and performance videos and there's like they'll go on music award shows or whatever you know versus here where i've noticed that like artists will drop audios just like complete audios of their songs and then release music videos like two three months later and i'm like what i like i heard this song like a year ago why are you dropping a video now like that confuses me like i i still appreciate a video but then it's kind of like the song's been there done that kind of vibe and i'm not into it as much so i think the they've kind of like nailed it on how they release content whenever there is a music album or single being dropped so i think that makes it kinda, mm-hmm. i don't know if that makes it addicting but that makes it cool <laughs> it's
1: organized <laughs> it does it, it just it keeps us up to date with a lot of stuff it, it's just like a constant stream of what's the word just a constant stream <laughs> oh my God, i totally forgot the word but we just get a lot of content all mm-hmm. the time and i think that's a really sensitive apart from like western yeah type of music yeah and i think that's kind of what makes it
0: k-pop you know it's like
1: yeah it's
0: always there for you <laughs> that's so cheesy
1: um, <laughs> kind of okay. always is
0: so we're gonna move on <laughs> we're gonna talk a little bit about why it's kind of meaningful for us i know we've kind of already stated that but kind of to go more in depth about it um do you want to kind of start us off talia
1: oh uh, yeah well k-pop I, I wasn't actually very into when i was first introduced to it like Kieran would be like oh check out this group like aren't they cool and I'd be like yeah yeah they are <laughs> and then somehow I just got really into it like I listened to one song and then I rec- recommended me another song and I was like oh this is actually pretty cool this is really catchy or like I like that guy that guy has cool hair <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can keep finding more stuff on him <laughs> or or like dang I like these outfits yeah. I'm really into it and then But I think the thing that made it more meaningful was I had other people to share that. I don't want to say addiction to. (laughs) Like I I had Kieran and then our other college roommate and then our other uh, high school friend. And then we found out there was a whole fan base. And it's like, wow, so many people like the same thing I do. And I can share all my thoughts and opinions and my love for this one thing. You just felt the love go all around. And that's what I really like about it. But also because... I don't know why, but the dancing. The dancing was what makes it more meaningful for me. Like I feel like that's something Bruh, that I know, that right? really lacked, yeah, in Western media. Like they just put out a song, a music video. You get a little bit of dance moves, but it's not like the actual like dance for the song. It's mm-hmm. it's just kind of weird. Full choreography. Yeah. And so when we get that in K-pop, that's was that's what made me like double take, like, ooh. That's pretty cool. Or like, wow, look mm-hmm. at that formation! Those people dancing—it's <laughs> so cool. Or like, oh, it's so cute. I really like that dance move. I wonder if I can do it. And then eventually, that translated to us going into what if we made a dance Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: and I think kind of going off of that, like similarly, I think K-pop helped me stay in touch with like a lot of my friends that I feel like I would have grown apart from because of life yeah I, yeah we like we mentioned we started a little dance group to do dance covers and stuff and it's now become more of a like healthy way to stay active but also stay in touch and then also just kind of like be expressive in like a positive way and yeah and have fun-hmm. <laughs> And I think another great thing is, like, you make new friends through it because I can't tell you how many times at, like, college, right, I was in a class, you know, like, you know how there's, like, laptop stickers, like, K-pop people have outdone it with the laptop stickers too, right? There's so many funny, like, memes and stuff. Oh, my God, yes. So there was literally people in my classes where if (laughs) they pulled out their laptops, I was just like, oh, my God you stan exo or like oh my gosh bts what or like you know like they'd have like a black pink sticker or whatever and i was just like oh my gosh and then we connect on that because i know it's like it's more like k-pop's more mainstream now than it was like four or five years ago too to even like a decade ago but like when i was first beginning out like
1: yeah enjoying
0: k-pop it was rare for me to find other people who also listen to it. So when you found someone, you would hold hands and you'd be like, oh, my God, I found you. It's like a soulmate. Connection. Yes. <laughs> it sounds so like, oh, my gosh, you're desperate and you're lonely. But no, it's like it's a community and it's like great to find other people that are on the same side of the planet as you liking the same stuff you know
1: yeah and so
0: i cannot tell you how excited i used to be to find people now it's like oh you're into k-pop me too cool because it's like more normal or normalized but back then it was so rare yeah and i think yeah kind of going off of like how i introduced you to it i got introduced to it through our like, our roommate Gabby, right, that um, we had freshman year. Yeah. And, like, I remember cause she was, <laughs> like, trying to audition for companies and she was really into it. And she would just have it on in the background. And then one time I was like, ooh, what's that song? And she told me, she was like, oh, it's Twice, right? Or, like, Black Pink or something. And I just, like, had it on. And then there were, like, mm-hmm. playlists on playlists. And then I would just have it on in the background and I just eventually kind of got into it. I won't lie, I wasn't really into Twice just because, like, the, I'm more on, like, the hip-hop R&B side of, like, liking music. And then but I know that around the song, around the time that Twice was, like, blowing up, Blackpink had just debuted. And so I came across a Blackpink song, like, Boombayah, right? And it just blew me away. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what is this? And then eventually, like, the playlist would <laughs> connect me to, like, God 7 and everything else. And I don't know. I think there's always something for someone if you like music overall. You, I know it's kind of you have to look past the, like, oh, I don't know what they're saying. But mm-hmm. you can read lyrics, right? You can still try to understand or connect with it in another way. Yeah. And I think that was a huge factor. And I think it just gets to the mm-hmm. point of also, like, you become a, not obsessed with members, but you feel so connected to certain members. Like, I remember um, one of our friends, right? Like, Marisela, she, when we were at, like, a convention, she had bought a poster of, like, 17, right? And that was, like, the first time I ever found out about them. And I was like, there's too many of them. Like, how do you keep track, Maricela?" And she was just like, you know, because she knew I was into Li- Leonardo DiCaprio. She was I like, I
1: remember that they have their
0: own Leonardo DiCaprio. And I was like, what are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> and then she was like, find him. And I, it was like, it became a game. Like, that's how they kind of get you guys. Uh-huh. That's how they get you. It's like, they're like, oh, can you like spot like the member or like, can you whatever, you know, like whatever your appealing factors are. There's so many quizzes out there. Yeah. You where they're like, can you find your K-pop boyfriend or like who would be your best friend in this group or whatever and yeah it kind of mm-hmm. sounds stupid but it's just so fun too, like to just play and just like be like oh ew i don't think so but or oh yes it
1: is so yeah. and not to mention like mm-hmm. fans themselves also make a lot of content like i know we talked about the fan fiction oh my god <laughs> and of course yeah. like the little the little dating door games on oh. instagram and those are cute it's just so it's so fun too because when you get that interaction with all those other people it just makes it a lot right. more fun right and yeah i don't know i think i think
0: i think k-pop just really helped our friend group i'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm just putting that out there like i think i mentioned it maybe in like an earlier episode that i recorded with pamela but like the dancing really helped us stay connected mm-hmm. we were, there were there's been like rough patches but like i think when it comes to music like even if we're fighting or like we're mad at each other or there's like awkward silence in the group chats as soon as a song drops by an artist we like we just share it and we just start talking about it and we kind of like get to talking again you know so i think that's that's like a great thing that k-pop has helped us with Mm -hmm. and again that could happen with anything like if beyonce dropped an album we would all like talk about it but the thing is like beyonce rarely posts things anymore ah
1: but also i know i feel like the last thing she did was being the lion king and that oh, was yeah. it <laughs> and she had babies and then that was it <laughs>
0: no and like that's the thing i feel like of course that would happen with k-pop artists as they grow older right but i think my point mm-hmm. is that yeah. there's always so much content being posted about like k-pop people that you always feel connected to them and like let's say if a group disbanded or like stopped there's always another group you can kind of hop onto because a lot of groups are similar too so i don't know it's just kind of like i i I don't like the waiting game that comes with music here where it's like you wait around for someone to drop an album or whatever. I mean, when they drop it, it's a bop. Clearly, oh, definitely. Right? Talented, yeah. Just like the artists there. But I think I it, I really do appreciate and like the fact that there's always music coming out of the K-pop genre. Mm-hmm. So and it's not. And like, I think Talia brought this up, but we never really said it as clearly as I want to say it right now. But like K-pop is I don't know why we call it K-pop. It should just be called, like, K-Songs or something. Because there's, like, rock, there's metal, there's hip-hop. And, like, it feels stupid that it gets, like, packaged all into K-pop. Yeah. Because I remember, like, one time I was playing music for a group project. And the person, like, knew about K-pop, but not really. Like, I think they heard Twice and, like, a little bit of Red Velvet. And then I played... I forgot. I think I don't... I think I either played, like, G-Idol or something like that. But it was, like, more... Rap heavy, and they were not expecting that. They were like, "Oh, I didn't know that they rapped." And I was like, "Yeah, they do. They do other things. Like it's just stuff like that. Like give it a chance, cause it's, I yeah, it it eventually becomes a rabbit hole, and you're just like, whoa, I didn't know this, and I didn't know that. It's fun. Like I think there's a lot of pros to listening to it than there are cons. So that's my
1: little thing. Yeah. That.
0: Anything else you want to mention, Talia?
1: I mean, this is just a general like scraping of the iceberg like the very Mm -hmm. tip of it so i don't really want to get too into it or else we're gonna be talking for another 30 minutes (laughs) but yeah yeah, like if you really want to try out k-pop just go for it you you honestly have nothing to lose like if you don't like it Mm -hmm. you can at least say you tried listening to a few songs to a few groups and if you do like it you found yourself like something new (laughs) something really great right and i honestly think the big drawback to it is what other people think about people that listen to it. Like I know Mm -hmm. here um, the term like a K-pop stand is just, it kind of has some negative connotations to it, especially because of like Twitter stuff and like those very addicted and very stalkerish fans. But I feel like Mm -hmm. that's something to get into later. It just honestly has more pros and cons. The only cons are going to be the people that just kind of judge you for it <laughs> but like i feel like that's with mm-hmm. a lot of things so if you do want yeah. to give k-pop a listen i myself have some recommendations we did talk about blackpink yeah, drop em. and bts blackpink mm-hmm. bts they're very like they're very well known in america right now i feel like
0: they're mainstream so they they're are definitely things that you'll like about them i think yeah yeah and they're, they're like good be- introduction groups
1: Yeah. And there's going to be a lot more English content for them. Like they go on more talk shows here. They've done more interviews. They have more like English based content for people in America or like other Western civilization. So that's a really, those are two really good groups that you could take a listen to if you want Mm -hmm. to just, you know, dip your toes into a little K-pop pool. (laughs) But I myself Mm -hmm. have other recommendations. I personally don't really like Blackpink or BTS. Like, yes, I do listen to them, but I'm not a big fan fan. I am a big fan Mm -hmm. of these boy groups, though. Seventeen, God Seven, Day Six, Ateez, One Us, Icon. And they all have, like, a different vibe of music to them. They all have different personalities. These groups have a really good, like, another good introduction Mm-hmm. When it comes to like you wanting to listen to K-pop for the first time, because they are fairly new compared to like other groups, and they have a lot of content out as well. Girl group wise, I'm gonna go with mm-hmm. Twice, Red Velvet, Dreamcatcher, Everglow, mm-hmm. Mamamoo, and CLC. They are yeah. some of the more popular ones, and like Dreamcatcher, Everglow, CLC, they're kind of like just getting out there. Except for CLC, they they have been out there but they're not as popular Uh, Mama mamamoo twice red velvet those are all really big groups i feel like like you said twice is a very big group it's the first thing that comes into mind when you hear the word k-pop if you want to get into something a little bit more deeper i'd probably recommend like mamamoo they are still pretty big they've been out there for a long time so again they do have more content and
0: if you can't yeah and we're gonna drop a lot of names so i'm gonna link this all in the bio so feel free to check that out if you can't keep track of all the names cuz again some of the some of the artist names that we're about to get into are going to be like very foreign yeah so definitely you might not know how they're
1: spelled so all right keep going uh-huh and solo artist i know jay park is in america he's been in america for a long time he is american he definitely has a lot more like american based content for people he mm-hmm. does speak a lot of english so if you're the type that doesn't want to look up translations or is a little too lazy to read them. J Park's the way to go. Uh, there's also Hyolin, Sunmi, Hyuna, Edan, Jessie, again, like J Park. She was from America. She went there. She does have a lot more of like that American vibe to her, which is amazing. She gives no S's. She's just amazing. I wish more K pop artists were like her. Uh, but there's also Kwasa and Changa. If you want to go into something a little bit more different, like, you just can't pick between, like, the boys or the girls or, like, the solo artists, definitely check out Card. They have some great stuff as well.
0: Cool. That's the cool thing about K-pop. There's a lot.
1: (laughs) There's so much. (laughs) But
0: these are just some ones that we wanted to kind of recommend as a way of saying, like, hey, give it a chance. Here's some recommendations. You you can't go wrong with any of the ones that you want to look into or the ones that we're suggesting, so... Give it a chance. Um, But yeah, that's kind of like all we have for today. Uh, Talia, do you have any like last words that you'd like to
1: mention? Well, I mean, first off, I didn't think I'd get this into talking about K-pop. Like I knew I would, but not to this extent. So this was really fun. Like getting to talk about my own opinions and like some other facts and stuff. Bring me back again. I'd love to talk about K-pop some more or even just like other random stuff like our potatoes better than cucumbers i don't know whatever just what <laughs> i just getting into heated debates like that <laughs> yeah
0: okay <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean yeah no thank you for being on here i i know this is like a sillier topic than what i've talked about in the past but i think it's always nice to kind of sprinkle in these fun little ones to kind of just like appeal to other people who might be listening and um I do want to just kind of also end with saying, like, like you should all try to give K-pop a chance also. Just not even K-pop, you know? Uh, maybe look into, like, J-pop or, like, reggaeton or just other music because I think what K-pop definitely did was introduce me to the idea of listening to music from other cultures. I am Indian, so I've been listening to a lot of Bollywood or, like, Indian music, Hindi music, Punjabi music for so long in my life that I knew it was out there. But I don't think I took the time to actually appreciate the lyrics, the melodies as much as I did after getting into K-pop. So, it's made me love music more. And I think one great thing about this and I'm using my mom as, as an example is that like when I started off listening to K-pop, she was always like, "Why are you listening to these Asian boys? You don't even know what they're saying." And I was like, "That's not the point, mom." But the thing is, she really got into it too. She's a huge GOT7 stan. And like the thing is, it opened up her eyes to like other cultures and races and i think our generation kind of does that anyways when we go to school and stuff but like older generations too can learn from this and kind of understand that like people are just people you know and music is just music there's language is such a basic barrier to hop over yeah if you're willing to hop and take that extra leap of faith because there's so much out there that you're missing out on if You're just going to be like, I'm not listening to this because I don't know what they're saying. You know, if someone like my mom can (laughs) listen to K-pop and actually get into it, I think anyone can. So just wanted to put that out there. This is a great way for us to, like, look into other cultures, Mm -hmm. understand them. This could lead to less racism and stereotypes, too. Yep, Yep. So give it a chance. Share K-pop with your friends if they're non-K-pop lovers because there's something for everyone. Mm -hmm. But also, don't be obsessive about it and be like, you have to stream this right now so we can get the views. Like, don't be that person, all right? You're giving us a bad rep. You are. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, yeah, thanks again, Talia, for being here. Uh, We're definitely going to talk more about K-pop in the future. We'll go into, like, more of the dark side, the misconceptions, other stuff. Let us know what you want us to talk about, too, but... I'm. I think this was a good introduction to us talking about K-pop. So thanks again, Talia.
1: Yeah, no. Thanks
0: for having me on. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And thank you everyone for tuning in and listening. Until next time. Bye bye.